Hello and welcome to Two Defeats for a Crisis, the review show on Saturday at 3. My name's Andrew, joined tonight by two of my very favourite podders. First of all, Kenny, how are you doing, man? I'm good, Andrew. How are you, mate? Very good, very good. It's nice to be able to talk about a Rangers win. Also joining me in Kenny is Tom. How are you, man? I'm really good. We won, so, you know, I'm happy. <laughs> what, what more could you want, right? So, exactly. we, we obviously... Yeah, <laughs> we obviously came into this game a bit of trepidation. The the Killy result, uh, I think, was was not ideal at all in terms of a start. It you know reflected some of our worst fears from the preseason. The play looked disjointed. We weren't good. We went over that in depth in the previous pod, so there's no need to go over it again. But in terms of setting the mood for how we're going into this one. Before the Killy game, I think we were going into this one kind of with the expectation that it might be a bit of a tough challenge, but we'd, we'd see it through, right? enough. That's pretty much what you and me, Tom, talked about when we were previewing this game. Uh, Kenny, I mean, what was your view sort of pre and then after the Killy result in terms of how you thought we'd get on here? I, I, to see, to be honest, Andrew, I, I really wasn't sure. It was that poor on Saturday that uh, I was just hoping we'd get a win. Uh, didn't expect a performance, particularly because of the nature of the the, the defeat and uh, the way we played on Saturday. So, uh, first half last night, pleasantly surprised. Um, but we'll go on to talk about it, obviously. But um, I, I was a bit, uh, I had a bit of trepidation, put it that way, about the game last night. I really did. So yeah, I mean, we um, we obviously see from the manager's selection that. Um, and I think from from some of his uh, comments after the game as well, there's maybe a bit of contrition uh, that he, he got things wrong in terms of the team selection against Killy. Uh, Danilo, Jack and Cantwell all come in. Darrell, Seema and Lundstrom drop out. I'd be hopeful that we don't see Lundstrom starting too many games, but with our midfield options being what they are, um, some of them still getting up to speed, I think he will feature somewhere down the line but just on paper tom i mean those those subs coming in to the to the starting 11 that looks much stronger on on paper as far as i'm concerned how about you yeah it was pretty much the team i would have chosen it was yeah the much stronger much more positive yeah a couple of holding midfielders would have been the only criticism but hey there's a reason i'm sat talking to pod and not uh the manager of rangers so well, I mean, there is that, but I think also if you look at how Jack and Raskin played versus how Lundstrom and um, and Dowell played, Lundstrom especially is a lot more conservative. I think in how he how he sets up. Um, but Jack has always shown the inclination to try and get forward. So has Raskin. So while on paper they're both holding, I think they are both more attacking. What do you think? Yeah, no, I would be I would be inclined to agree with you there. Yeah, the uh, sure. yeah the. They both get forward a lot, a lot more, a lot more than than Lundstrom does. So yeah, maybe <laughs> not, he was right. Not, <laughs> not, well, not that that's hard, he obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think the other good wrinkle is uh, we, we do see Danilo and Dessas playing together up top. Um, as I was talking to the boys just before we came uh, live tonight, I, I only saw the game uh, after it finished, so I, I caught up on highlights and I've gone back and watched uh, the full game today. Um, and you know. From the highlights, this game looks fucking fantastic. Um, I, I suspect the experience of watching the game in real time was uh, was a little bit less so. But Rangers get pretty much the perfect start. You know, a few minutes in, Campwell uh, nips in while the ball's in the box, just ahead of the defender. 
The defender is going to try and clear it after a heavy first touch. Cantwell gets right in front of him, goes down. You could maybe call it soft because I don't think Cantwell's going anywhere when he gets that ball, but it's a stonewall penalty, Kenny, and uh, Tav does what Tav does. What were your thoughts, mate? Yeah, it, it's initially it's good work from, I think, Nico Raskin, and then um, Sam Lammers chases a, a lost cause, manages to keep the ball in, cuts it back. It's not a great cutback, but he's got nothing else he can really do with it. Uh, and Todd Cantwell, being Todd Cantwell, anticipates... Uh, that the defender's going to take a touch and he nicks in and gets in front of him and the boy realises just too late and clatters him. So, um, yeah, great work for, from Todd Cantwell. He's just such, he's so alert. He sees things that uh, the majority of our players at the minute don't see, if you know what I mean by that. He's just very, very aware of what's going on around the pitch. Um, and he did incredibly well with that. And Tavery, the only the only thing I'm going to say about this was that I knew and my son knew that he was going to hit it down the middle. Uh, and he's getting a little bit predictable in European games by knocking him down the middle. I want him to change that, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Because <laughs> it is getting a wee bit predictable. I knew he was going to hit it down the middle. Uh, I thought there was nothing surer. And if the keeper stands still, he's going to save it. But fortunately for us, the, uh, most keepers will will dive to a side. But yeah. A, a fine finish, nice cool head, and uh, yeah, away we go. The perfect start, really, wasn't it? Oh, 100%. Six minutes in, we're 1-0 up. That's fantastic, as far as I'm concerned. We didn't have to wait long until the second data. Uh, I think in, in the build-up to this, Rangers are playing very well. I think, in, in fairness, that opening kind of 30, 35 minutes, Rangers are looking really cohesive and passing the ball about each other well. Uh, the goal actually comes from a Borna Cross, which um, evades Danilo at the front post, but then trickles through to Cyril Dessas, who um, has, I don't think, even actively tries to hit this thing. Um, just gets his body into the right place, goes into the back of that. That's 2-0 to Rangers, and Dessas is off the mark with his first goal. So, Tom... How are we feeling at this point, man? I was just for joy. Over the moon. I mean, yeah, Dessas didn't know much about it. I think he was just the right place at the right time. I hit him and went in. But hey, they for all sure. count. Yeah, but I was I was overjoyed. Fant- yeah, fantastic result. And it, it's no more than we deserved. You know, we, we, were, yeah. play, we were playing good football. Well, this is the thing, right? We're, we're playing good football and we're seeing the rewards for it as well. So I think this is kind of what we all hoped would happen against Killy, as, as much as they probably wouldn't allow an actual game of football to break out of their place. But th- this is exactly how Rangers should be playing, I think, in general. On the front foot, trying to make things happening, pressing forwards. Great stuff, as far as I'm concerned. I think Rangers continue to push forward quite well. There's a, a third, uh, there's a chance for a third goal for us. Um, some great play between uh, Lammers and Raskin. Uh, they break up the pitch. Uh, you know, there's, there's an excellent passing that goes on. Raskin threads a delightful ball through for Lammers as just as he's coming into the penalty box. Somehow, even though he's in space and he's only got the keeper to beat, he just sends it the wrong side of the post, Kenny. I mean disappointing as it was to see us miss that goal, it still looks like Rangers are in the ascendancy here. Yeah, it was a, it was a shocker of a miss. But I'll tell you, I'll take you back a little bit. It was a fantastic counter-attack. Uh, um, and as you say, Raskin, Lammers uh, and Dessers all involved. Uh, the, the wee pass from Dessers back to Raskin through the eye of a needle was a cracking ball, uh, which allowed Raskin just to, you know, cut it right back across. Uh, I thought... Dessers looked 
although he wasn't great last night, I thought he's, he's beginning to look much fitter and slightly more involved in the game, uh, which was good to see. Um, but going back to the miss, he's got ahead of his left foot for a start. It's it's just tap it in. It's a tap in. Uh, but he's let it come across his body and I don't know if it's taking a bobble or he's just lost his footing or whatever, but no, it's a shocker of a miss. He should, even on his right foot, he should be scoring on that. So, uh, yeah, it was one of them that you think, I hope that doesn't come back and bite us in the backside, you know, but we know what happened. We'll, we'll come on to uh, to the rest of the game uh, shortly. Um, that was pretty much it in terms of the first half action. But unfortunately, right towards the end of that first half, Savet get a free kick uh, outside of the box. There's, there's not a great deal to it, but as it comes in, it's jostling around. Players are jumping up around. The ball is uh, takes a deflection, it looks like, inside, uh, inside the box. Butland collects it, hoofs it up the park. Pretty much everyone gets on with it. There's one or two half-hearted shouts for a handball. Um, but then we stop play because those half-hearted shouts are, in fact, accurate. When um, when we look at the replay back here, Tom, I, I think you can't really argue against this one. It's pretty stone wall. The ball comes straight over, misses Borna Barisic and goes straight into Cyril Dessa's uh, arm there, like his lower arm. So, I mean, take the blue tinted specs off. That There's no danger uh, this is a penalty, unfortunately. Yeah, there's just absolutely no complaint whatsoever. It is a penalty. If it'd been the other side, if it'd been the other end of the pitch and it hadn't been given for us, we'd have been raging. So yeah, I, I can't really yeah. complain. The only the only thing I would say, you know, if you look at last season, we're not supposed to give away penalties. So we That's can true. just make sure the European referee get the same memo that the Scottish referees did. That'd be really good. Well, I mean, obviously our payments were late. We've obviously taken care of the uh, of the, the Masonic Refereeing uh, Society inside Scotland, <laughs> but you know the international payments they do take a bit longer at the moment. So, so maybe that's why. Um, I'm, I'm sure it'll work out. You know, I'm sure we'll get that squared away before uh, before the next game in Europe. So yeah, we'll be fine. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure the other half of Glasgow thought that. <laughs> like as I've said before, I would love to be on the other side of the conspiracy because uh, it's obviously going great guns for us recently. This this uh, amazing refereeing <laughs> conspiracy uh, that's uh, that's making us win all these trophies recently. So yeah, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they uh, they do go ahead and convert that, and that's the first half. Um, Kenny, I'll come to you first. I mean, conceding the late goal aside, we must be thinking this is looking pretty promising for us, right? I thought we, yeah, I thought we had started really well. I thought the first half hour we, we did look pretty, pretty decent. I, I wouldn't say we were brilliant or anything like that because I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we were some kind of, you know, you know the the, the difference between uh, Saturday and and last night was obviously huge, but. There's still loads and loads of work to do here. We're not quite, you know, well, I say not quite, we're nowhere near the finished article. You know, that's that's quite clear. Uh, but there was genuine signs of promise in the first half, I thought. You know, we were, some of the one-touch football, uh, particularly in the counter, actually, because I've heard a lot of folks say we don't have a huge amount of pace. But I'll tell you what, we were attacking, at, at, you know, counter-attacking with, with some amount of pace. Uh in that first half, even in the second half as well, with a couple of efforts. But yeah, I, there's room for improvement, Andrew. But I was fairly happy with the first half. I've got to be honest. I thought we did really, 
really pretty well against a really stuffy side. They're a big, strong mm-hmm. side. They were putting the boot in, you know. They were they weren't they weren't shy at trying to take prisoners either. So yeah, I was quite happy. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. You know, we um, me and Tom talked about this on the preview where we knew we were going to come up against a team who well organised, well drilled. I think Tom, we pretty much got what we expected, right? Yeah, there was absolutely no surprises as to how they set up. Yeah, they were they were very good at what you know what you call the dark arts. So yeah, there were yeah no no surprises whatsoever. We held this up. So yeah, yeah. This would unfortunately come back to bite them in the second half. Um, but as I said, when, when I went back and you know watched the highlights of this that evening, this all looked fantastic. You know, we had you know picked up these goals in the first half the second half to be honest you watching the highlights this looks like we should be four five one away and the tie should be buried uh there's a fantastic shot from from a lama's effort uh keeper gets down and you know protects this i think just with the very bottom of his left arm it's a fantastic save kenny uh it, you know it looks like a it's a dead cert for that third goal but for some reason the keeper manages to contrive to keep it out it's how quickly he gets down to it that makes it such a tremendous save because the ball's cut back to, to Lammers, as, as, you, as you, you obviously know, but he, he actually connects reasonably well, but it also I think he, he hits it slightly into the ground, so it's spinning away, uh, and it's right underneath him. Uh, and for him to get down that quickly and get such a solid hand to it, uh, uh, dare I say it, an Alan McGregor-esque type save, actually. It was a, a brilliant save. Uh, and nearly broke my heart. I've got to be honest. I, I couldn't <laughs> believe the guy had saved it. Um, yeah, he also had another one. I think it was from Dessel shortly after that, which was also a decent save as well. But yeah, there, there's a there's a Danilo one. That I've got him in notes here as well, Kenny. Yeah, um, and, he just um, smothered that, didn't he? he? Just took it with both yeah. hands. That one. Uh, yeah, it was. It, he he looks at. He's their second choice keeper as well. Yeah, and he looks a decent keeper. Got to say, he he was very tidy last night. Really good. Well, this was a thing. So we, we obviously talked about this, but you know they were they were coming into this game with about seven players missing their their main striker and their uh, their first choice keeper. So for them to seen a lot of folks saying that Andrew and by all accounts mm-hmm. there's a boy who is actually their kind of star player uh, who's been out uh, long term, so he won't play in either game. Uh, okay. The only other two first team players are the goalkeeper who got injured last week and the striker that gets sent off. All mm-hmm. the rest of the eight that they're talking about are kind of fringe players. They don't play all that often. So I've heard a lot of people worrying about next week and saying, oh, they'll be totally different. It'll actually be quite similar. Uh, there won't be that many changes to their team, I don't think. So, it, you know, I, I'm more than confident on the performance last night that we can score a goal or two over there. I think that's it. Honest. Yeah, no, I'm inclined to agree with you, Kenny. Based on the chances that we created there, you know, it's frustrating, obviously, that we're talking about just a 2-1 win as opposed to like a 5 or 6-1 victory if some of these chances do get converted. Um, But I think in the balance, Tom, we've got to be happy with a win. And especially that first half showed a lot of encouraging signs in terms of how well some of these players are starting to play together. Well, yeah, I mean we are still a, a work in progress as a team. You know, they're still gelling, they're still coming together. So a 2-1 win in Europe, yeah, you, you can't complain, really. You know, well, we can because we always do, but we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that's what this pod was built on, you know, complaining about everything. It's, uh, you know, you only got to look at our main host to, uh, to know that that's going to be the philosophy behind it, right? Um, 
Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, in the in the course of the game, the uh, Servette team have a player sent off as well. Um, and I wanted to highlight this because I think it illustrates the difference in uh, in the commentary here. So that I watched the highlights back on the BBC first, um, where I've got Liam McLeod giving, you know, just delightful commentary, uh, hoping and praying every time Servette went forward that they'd score. Servette did not have any kind of real opportunities after that after that first half penalty. Uh, half-hearted, you know, forays into our half, but the majority of the play was going in the opposite direction. But then I went back and um, watched the full game with uh, with Tom Miller's uh, commentary, and it's like night and day. You know, Tom Miller can have his faults, but I mean, at least he, he sounds like he's enjoying himself at the game. Lee McLeod sounds like he's, you know, upset to even be looking at football. So, you know, that's just, a, just the kind of thing it brings you down a bit, you know? You're meant to be having fun at the thing, right, Kenny? Totally agree. He, uh, I, I, I don't know what it is about him. Yeah, I, I, somebody told me once he was an Aberdeen fan and I laughed in their face. You've got, you've got to be kidding. He's, <laughs> no, he's no Aberdeen fan, him. Trust me. <laughs> he, he's what, I've, I've watched the game back today as well and on his commentary. <laughs> he, he starts off by turning around and telling everybody about He then mentioned Celtic at one point. He then mentioned something else and uh, and you're like you're just not you don't like us very much, do you, Liam? Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> it's just pathetic. It's, it's I mean, it, nothing we don't expect for the BBC. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. and, and I'm not I'm not particularly having a go at him. It's more like if you it's all part of selling the the Scottish game, right? Get some people who are actually enthusiastic about it. Some people who actually, you know, show a bit of passion or that they care about the thing and not just rooting angrily against the, the team that's from Scotland. It's just bizarre to me. Um, it is a wild listen to many, listen to many <laughs> Thank, thanks for summing it up very succinctly there, Tom. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that puts the tie to bed. We, we obviously still have the second leg away in uh, Switzerland, but before we get there, uh, we've got a visit from Livingston. The, um, the BBC preview for this is uh, a whole bunch of horrifying stats, the kind of things that you dread when, uh, whenever they get brought up on Sky Sports. Like Rangers have never lost this team, uh, they've got this massive unbeaten streak against them. All the kind of thing that you, that you hear the commentators spring up and go, please, don't mention that. That's an obvious jinx. You're going to fuck us up here. Um, but... It's Livingston at home. They don't have the plastic pitch advantage. If we avoid doing what we did against them, you know, in that dreadful match where they won 1-0, where we put in something like 200 crosses that had no effect whatsoever. I think as long as we avoid playing like that, this should hopefully be a comfortable win, Kenny. That game finished one each. John Lundstrom scored in the last couple of minutes. Oh, that's right, yeah. It felt like a defeat though, Andrew. Well, exactly, yeah. I'm taking a a Chris Betts approach there where I'm not counting (laughs) the monster of a dance. Um, But no, you are right. I think, yeah, it was, what was it, the 96th minute or something like that? It was a couple of minutes to go. I just remember that and we scored. And then we missed a sitter actually to win the game, (laughs) which typical of us. But look, look, it's one of those games. It's it's what we have been struggling with uh, over a, a sustained period of time now. This what they call the low block. It's just ten men behind the ball. We really struggle with it, um, and it will be interesting on Saturday with a home crowd uh, to see if we can get the width that we need mm-hmm. to move them. Because uh, I'm not going to read too much into into what happened last night with Servette because they're a big 
strong, organised side that finished second in the league. Um, I believe that it was a strange thing where young boys ran away with it and there were six or seven teams all really bunched together um, and a lot of draws in their league similar to us. So it's not the biggest of leagues either. So they all know each other really well, if you understand. Um, so when they decide that they're going to sit in and play that low block because they're down to 10 men, uh, they'll know exactly what they're doing with that because we all respect to our league. There's probably a few stronger sides in the Swiss league uh, that they'll have to go and play away from home uh, mm-hmm. and actually have to do that. So they'll be much more uh, adept at doing it than, if we're talking, say, at Livingston, because they're just for the simple fact they've got better players. So uh, it'll be interesting for me to see if we can move them about because we, we didn't manage it on that surface last week. Rugby park really narrow. It's really difficult to to force defences out the way. Um, so I, I actually expect us to do it quite convincingly, and I, I don't like being overly confident like that. But I do actually fancy us to to break them down quite uh, substantially on uh, Saturday. To be honest, I think we've got the players that, with so many new players as well, uh, it's all right. People, you know, saying oh. David Martindale was at the game and he'll see what he has to do. I'm not necessarily convinced that's the case because uh, new opponents cause players different, you know, different problems and issues, obviously. So uh, I'm quite confident. I must admit that we will break them down, Andrew. Cool. Okay. Uh, Tom, how about you, man? Yeah, to me, it's pretty straightforward. Play football. (laughs) Play football against them. We will break them down and we will win. Same as probably 11 of the other, well, yeah, 10 of the other 11 club, eleven clubs in the Premier League. Do you yeah. play football against them? It's, yeah. I, I, it's it's one of those things that... do whatever they want and we'll beat them. It is one of those things that probably sounds easier than it actually is in practice, unfortunately. But I'm inclined to agree. I think we, we know what exactly what we're going to be up against. Uh, Martindale has a system that works very well in terms of his survival in the rest of the league. Um, he's, a, he's a good old boy. But... We know what we need to do to break that down. So um, it's just a case of going out and putting theory into practice. So we'll leave it there for now, uh, unless you boys have got any pressing issues that you want to address. Not at all. I love it when you host, Andrew. Half an hour, (laughs) in and out, we're done. (laughs) Well, I mean, I did comment on this, uh, you know, when we were doing the uh, previous game, that uh, Rangers get beat. Suddenly everyone's really enthusiastic to to come onto the pod (laughs) and have their say. And then mysteriously, Rangers win. Eddie, Chris, Dave, nowhere to be seen. So, you know, very mysterious. Very, very suspicious that. But it is what well, it is. The group chat big time 20 minutes ago, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So well yeah. enough to get into weird arguments about what fullback should be doing, but <laughs> but not well enough to uh, to get onto the pod. Suspicious, I call yeah, it. I agree. Um, nonetheless, nonetheless, we we are where we are. Um, so in that case, we have obviously our brand new sponsor to plug, uh, Pi Sports, who insanely have decided to trust us uh, with the responsibility of giving away a set of pies every month. Uh, to do so, uh, if you want a taste of this action, uh, you need to plug your pie of the week. So this can be a person, a football club, a style of play, anything that you want to nominate as your pie of the week. What our plan is to do, we will add up to a pie each week. Um, And this can be, I think, the common consensus on the last pod was that it was going to be Michael Beale for his team selection. But you, the listener, may have different opinions than that, and we want to hear them. So 
submit that in either via Twitter or on the emails. That's contact at Saturday at three dot code UK all letters, no numbers. And uh, yeah, you'll go into the draw. Um, the winner of the four different pies of the week, they will get a free box of pies from Pie Sports. Uh, I'm assured that these are fantastic. They'll deliver anywhere into the mainland UK. So unfortunately for our quite substantial, actually, uh, international listenership, um, unless you've got a mate in the UK who you want to nominate, um, no dice for you guys. But we want to hear your suggestions uh, for Pie of the Week anyway, so please get them in. And just because you know we're nice like this we also have a discount code for pie sports uh sat at three that's the at symbol uh you can get 10 percent off any purchases that you do make through pie sports so we encourage you to do that as well uh you cite our sponsorship link we'll get more sponsorship deals it means we can get together and do more pods like this that means you guys get more free stuff as well so that's always good right um kenny tom your thoughts on Pie of the Week? Are you guys still sticking with Michael Beale for his team selection, or have you got any different views? At this minute in time, I'm going with Chris, Ke- uh, Chris Beck, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> that, that's only because we've been disagreeing on a group chat for about an hour. <laughs> I mean, that's, just good day, that's just the day that ends with a whack, anyway. Chris decides to have an argument with someone. It's all good fun. And mm-hmm. he's wrong, and I'm right. But never mind. Of course, yeah. I mean, that yeah, would bring doubt, right? He doesn't think so, but... <laughs> Well, he never will. We're all, yeah, we're all entitled to our opinion. Indeed. Uh, Tom, how about you, mate? Liam McLeod. Very good. <laughs> Don't even need to think about it. <laughs> all righty. Mr. Beale can have a stay of execution for another few days. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find something to get angry at the manager about in the in the coming weeks. Uh, okay, well, you've heard from the boys. We do want to hear your suggestions, so throw your name into the hat, and you stand a chance of winning some free buys. Who, what's not to love about that, right? Um Boys, it's been a pleasure talking to you both. Uh, as as it is me hosting, I do like to keep things short and sweet. Um, much as the listeners may enjoy the old hour and a half epics that Chris hosts, but I think it's it's a bit different when we've got a win to talk about, and regrettably we've got a match that had a couple of highlight points, but but not a great deal to get into. There wasn't a massive amount of controversy for the game, which was you know quite pleasant. So we look forward to Livy. We should have a, uh, a pod out shortly after that game, both of reviewing the Libby game, where we hope that we pick up the result, as well as previewing the second leg against Servette, which will take place Tuesday. But Libby, Saturday at three. That's the way it's meant to be, right? I think that's the name of a really good podcast. Um, so all that's left for me to do is to thank uh, my two fabulous co-hosts. Uh, first of all, Tom, thank you for coming on, mate. No worries, thank you. Always good to chat. Lovely stuff. And Kenny, always a pleasure, mate. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers, Tom. Enjoyed that, lads. Good stuff. Um, We encourage the listeners to uh, follow us on, hell, any social media platform that we've got going. Twitter, not X. Fuck off, Elon. Uh, As well as threads, TikTok, YouTube. We're all over the place. You can also get the podcast on pretty much any pod delivery application that you can think of. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, we're all over the shop. So, um, yeah, if there's not something there, let us know. We'll get ourselves onto it. In the meantime, I want to thank you guys all again for your support. Uh, Your listenership is why we keep doing this. Uh, Your response and, uh, hell, just the sheer number of downloads that you guys are carrying out uh, keeps encouraging us to come back and keep doing this. It shows us we're doing something right. Or at the very least, we've got some homicidal Celtic fans who are listening to us to pick up some bigotry, in which case we can only thank you for your support as well. It's always appreciated. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Everyone listening, thank you very much. and We'll talk to you again soon.